Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Man, it has been a journey, you know, looking at this flag behind me and thinking about all the places this podcast has taken place has been really remarkable. It's been a journey for sure. And I think sometimes I have to just take a moment and reflect on that. You know, I think so much of my mind gets wrapped up in the matrix and the mechanisms and all of the data points of this podcast. I can't really enjoy what the intention of it is, which is to inform as well as entertain. That is the main purpose for me, because I think there's a part of me that enjoys researching and learning and then talking about what I find. And today, as we get into the topic, um, I really want to put an emphasis that as it relates to my background, um, I do believe at the core, I am a master of none in the sense that I have a lot of different experiences and different things that have created my unique um my unique ability to see things. And for the content today, you know, I've talked about it before, but if we look at it on these these lines, like, you know, based on the fact that I was a Peace Corps volunteer in China, um, I went to my master's program, the University of Denver, international security, studied things like technology, um, you know, can't even talk, unipolar hegemony, all these things that can potentially impact the way the government and the way the world's working now. Um, went to DC, worked on a you know contract for DOD technology innovation, studying what the aspects of technology are for the DOD, understanding the difference for State Department, and even going in and getting a publication with an ex-CIA agent who now teaches people um, the ability to do analytical thinking and understanding how different things can create situations based on how you see the data points. And sometimes as humans, it's really hard for us to get all of the data points wrapped up and understand a conceptual thought. And I really think as we peel back the layers of this TikTok band and understand the true intention of it is when we really under, under can kind of absorb what's happening. And I say it because whenever we look at it and we try to put some words to it, you know, the media is just calling it a TikTok ban, a TikTok ban. But in fact, it's a lot more than that. You know, I, I actually read through this restriction ban today and trying to get an understanding of how the bill is really purposed and what the bill is really kind of going through. And within this podcast, I'll go through some of the points of the bill, kind of my think, my thinkings, my findings of why we're seeing it where we are and what potentially the future holds. So whenever we look at the information about China and technology, um, what we really have to understand is the barriers for technology are lower than most. And what I mean when I say that is I can create an app, I can create a product, I can put it on a phone, and then people can start using it immediately. It's not like I have to build a car, I have to build a house, I have to build an actual product. Now, based on what we have as nations, is the ability to use and manipulate information. And it can be tied to everybody's phone. You know, the weird part about technology in the current age we face in is once it's on your phone, you know, things can be tracked. It's proven that, you know, 
depending on what you're looking at, what you're finding, that there's always some type of data tracking going on. So as it relates to understanding the majority of the apps on our phone, such as Google, you know, Gmail, things like this, they're owned by proprietary, mostly US-owned companies. So it doesn't give any other country the ability to potentially spy on you. Does the United States have that capabilities? Of course, you know, if they need to, you know, they can look through different aspects of it. They can look at your phone. You know, sometimes that's why you have these cases where if you use a code on your phone or um, face recognition and there's a potential investigation of a phone, sometimes the FBI needs help from Apple to hack the phone and sometimes Apple doesn't want to do it. So you have a lot of these cases that happen based on technology needs and security. And that's really where the conversation is going is security versus technology needs. And as we break down this bill and we go deeper into it, what we really find is they're not talking about ByDance, the company that owns TikTok. They're not really talking about TikTok. What they're doing within this bill is creating a framework in order to have some type of um, protection over potential bad actor states and the ability to manipulate all forms of technology going through this bill. So you're looking at software, AI measures, machine learning, drones, everything that can be potentially created, made, and sold to the American people, around a million people, if they see that it has some type of nefarious action, um, what they'll do is the, the Director of National Security will look at it through the classification of information and determine the threats, and they will also work with the Director and the Secretary of Commerce to identify if there's a problem and they'll put it on the Secretary of State of Commerce um, in correspondent with other government organizations to determine, hey, this is nefarious and we don't need to have this because it could potentially be contributing to X or bad actor states or information absorbing. Now, because it's ran through a classification process, the majority of the time, maybe the American people don't really know the full extent of it. For example, asking for the code for the and one thing that kind of kept going up within um, um, the the congressional hearing on TikTok with the CEO, Chow, is you had him kind of not really being clear about the code and not really giving information on what the coding is holding and, and what, what those specific details were. Well, those codes and that information is something that the American government doesn't feel comfortable having a third party like the Chinese government having so much access to 150 million people. And they are using the ruse of national security. But if we look at what happened with Huawei and how it was banned the same way, and there's been a lot of companies that are being banned that are kind of maybe potentially doing nefarious activities. And the United States government feels like, or not feels, but through, a, through probably a strict analytic aspect is like, hey, this information is kind of subjecting us to be vulnerable in a lot of different ways. Now, when I look through this bill, you know, that's kind of what the intention of it is. And today we had Ron Paul kind of grandstand and indicate that, hey, you know, why do we need to stop TikTok and the freedom of speech happening within the United States if we can even stop the impact of big tech coming in and ruling out our day-to-day -day lives? And I think whenever you see this and you see kind of things like the federal, the FCC coming in and, and ruling out on what this could be or the potential of it, 
you see different aspects of the coin. One, United States people, you know, do I have the right to determine who is spying on me? And that's a question that 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 is something that should be put out there. But do you have the right for another country to look and take information on you when they know that you're doing it? Now, another thing that really comes down to another aspect of it is revenue. So what we have to understand about the American people is we are some of the largest consumers and purchasers of products and technology in the world. And with that being said, if you have 150 million people on an app like TikTok that's ran through Chinese company or nefarious or whatever, like ByteDance, then, then you have a revenue stream of billions of dollars kind of being cut out of a technology market that could potentially be utilizing and identifying and creating products within China. Now, what we have to understand about it is TikTok came in around 2018, and it's really been utilized as a result of the pandemic and people sharing ideas, contents, drinks, coffees, you know, nothing like crazy. And they do monitor it a lot. And you get a lot of information from TikTok that's different. And I think TikTok kind of does the ability of putting information in front of you as you would absorb it through visual sight, not necessarily reading text and absorbing through that aspect, but seeing how people interact with one another. But is it a Trojan horse? I think we really have to understand that when we take these content and we absorb it and we understand this paradigm, there, there's a transition, there's a shift right now happening where you know technology and information is something that we haven't really um, used to this point. Like in the last 30 years, if we look at how quickly things are happening, how fast things are happening, and how behind the federal government has been, for example, what happened with Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, this bill is really trying to stop that and put in some type of safe gap measure in order to stop nefarious countries. And it goes into detail talking about DPK, which is Korea, North Korea. It's talking about Iran. It's also talking about Cuba. It's talking about Russia. It's talking about a lot of different countries that could potentially keep an app, create an app on your phone. It takes off. People absorb the data, the information. And then from there, you know, with, with AI tied to it, with machine learning, go through the data, identify different algorithms and trends, and potentially create a threat to the national people of the United States. So whenever we look at it, that's really the story. You know, it's like the, the ban has nothing to do with TikTok. TikTok is just kind of like the catalyst for it. And if TikTok is going to be banned as a result of it, it's really focusing on probably how it can stop something from TikTok happening in the future. You know, because the biggest fear is, like a slow takeover you know it's like we always think about china as this this fear you know and i don't necessarily buy into it but we think about these narratives of how they can come here we can fight each other or there's a war but really you know where we're at right now is it's it's really a battle of the mind and information and that's why it's so important sometimes to keep an independent process way of thinking you got to be able to see it from both sides of the coin what I mean when I say that is like, yeah, the, the American people do have insight into what they want to look at, freedom of speech, information, technology, and I get it. But at the same time, 
if, you know, the Chinese government or ByteDance doesn't want to share some aspects of the code for the algorithms or the information, there is, it's not the same within China. There's not this separation between government and technology. It's like the government can come in and do whatever they want. Like, there's not anything stopping it. And, for example, if we look at Mr. Ma, who was the CEO of, um, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank, Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Um, what was that thing? Ah. So you have Mr. Ma, right? And Mr. Ma had a large purchasing organization, kind of like Amazon within there. And, you know, they didn't like what he said. He was one of the richest men in the world. They took him, they fired him, and they put him in a little box. And we haven't heard from him in the same way that we used to hear and how he's outspoken. And that's the transition point within China. I mean, China is making moves. They're doing things like creating these non-interest loans that are throughout the world. And as a nation, we have to be aware of the information, the content we are absorbing. And it is trends that could happen. Now, do I think the TikTok ban will happen? I think there's a good chance it's going to happen because as a result of if this bill is passed and determining if the president of the Department of Commerce of National Security kind of identifies these threats, you know, they can have the ability to ban it from any Apple and Android system. So um, like within 30 days, and that'll be a really quick ban. And and if TikTok does have the ability to sell off like the, China, the U.S. government wants them to or use the routers within Austin, we might see a transitional point. And I talk about this once again because I've had I've, I have had content creators on my show this week. Both of them have utilized the TikTok platform and they use it as a means of business. Um, and getting their insight has been really, really interesting. And I would totally suggest you guys going and listening to their perspectives as well. But for me right now, you know, if it gets lifted, if TikTok does get banned, you know, where does it face for the United States? And are we really looking at a big loss or a big gain? I think that we can identify that we have gotten a lot of TikTok from a entertainment aspect, but, you know, what does it mean for the future? You know, and I think that we are looking at a new relationship with technology and how it relates to other countries. And it's going to be ran through a very tight filter um, from here on out. You know, if this ban goes through and the Restriction Act gets passed and they are using means of national security, you know, if you look through it too, you look at terminology that they're using critical infrastructure, which they cite through the Patriot Act. So anything that can be targeted, critical infrastructure, um, and really looking at technology from other countries as a threat. Um, I think that's a really the biggest important aspect of this bill. But if I'm really going to sum it up, it kind of gives you the insight and the thought from those aspects. And when you break it down like that, it, it provides a little bit more insight and understanding of it. And it's not, once again, there's no ByteDance, there's no TikTok in the Restriction Act. This is a fundamental framework that the U.S. government is trying to create in order to stop nefarious countries from coming in and utilizing technology to manipulate or have impact on critical infrastructures. And a lot of it's going to be ran through a national security filter. So it's a 55-page document. It's pretty dense. You know, it's pretty 
to me it's like a boilerplate there's not a lot of information in there it gives you kind of a blueprint of what's going to happen and you know whatever is happening from there will kind of be held on the groundwork of you know who's in leadership at the time who is the secretary of commerce what do they think about this technology and how do they view it so more to come on it i really just wanted to get on here and talk about that kind of going in the concept of what ron paul was talking about and breaking down the restriction act bills thank you so much for listening and we'll get back to you tomorrow